You are listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Activist theology is built on the power of story, and we believe story can change the world. We also know that being in community with one another on this journey will help to build a movement committed to collective liberation and a more loving world. We have a commitment to the ethics and politics of Encajunto, or togetherness. And we are together in this work with you. Hi, folks. This is Dr. Robin. And this is Reverend Anna Galladay. And we are your hosts for the Activist Theology Podcast. It's time for all of us to get our hands dirty. Pastor. Dr. Robin. It's been a long time. It has been a while. It has been a while. Um, to all of our loyal listeners, we appreciate you sticking in it with us. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I can't remember how many weeks it's been since we recorded, but it's been several and lots has happened in the world. Lots has happened. Um, yes, we I think when we last recorded, Roe had just been overturned. And so um, if that gives anyone kind of a mental perspective as to um, everything else that has happened since then, we have been we have been busy and a lot has gone on in our lives. And we are um, we are gathering back together to catch up and 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 see what's see what's up. Um, You had a pretty significant event in your life since the last time we recorded. Um, you and your partner is no longer your partner, is now your spouse. It's a very exciting. Bound together by papers. Bound together by paperwork and, you know. And bureaucracy. The policy of bureaucracy. However, yeah. it yeah. was a joyous event, and um, even though it is bureaucratic and, and paper bound and all of those things, it's also magical and mm. joy filled and beautiful. And so that has that was a fun thing um, yeah. for you to experience. We threw together a pop up wedding in 10 days. Right after, right after uh, the decision from Roe came down, because right. we feared that uh, marriage equality would be up next, and and I've I've written about this. I don't think marriage equality was the right thing for the movement to do, but I understand why it was done. Certainly, everyone should be able to marry. That is sure. not an issue, but to be single issue focused on marriage. When youth homelessness, queer youth homelessness is such an issue, when health equity and racial equity is such an issue in our movement, it it seemed problematic to focus on an institution that is rooted in capitalism, Uh um, property ownership, Uh being your spouse, (laughs) property. Yeah. it just seemed problematic. And really is a construct of the state. I mean, yeah. really is a, yeah. you know, I mean, it is a system that is bound up in sy- 
systemic state-based issues. Yep. Whereas healthcare and, you know, the rights to housing can be bound up in state-based systemic yep. Uh, yep. issues, but don't have to be. And so, yep. yeah, you're right. It's yep. Yeah. So we, we married and, um, there are about, I don't know, 60, 75 people present. And I had a friend was coming into town, um, to hang out and I had ordered a bunch of pies and food for us, you know, to cook and whatnot. And we ended up having a DIY fiesta um, with carnitas and a whole bunch of paz for the after party. And yeah, it was a good time. Um, I'm glad that we, you know, we initially were going to do a big, big, big party next year. But with the threats of marriage equality coming from Clarence Thomas, it just... It just seems like we should do something now instead right. of wait. Um, and and I'm glad we did. You know, I, um, I you know, a lot has happened since we've recorded. I, I leave in two weeks for Israel, Palestine, and I'll be gone for two weeks. And, you know, I feel, you know, before being married, my next of kin would have been my mother. And, and my partner wouldn't have any rights to, um, care for me should something happen abroad or, you know, she wouldn't be contacted, you know? So, um, yeah, shoring up our rights with marriage, you know, it's just, now it's like, how do we use the institution as a tool for liberation rather than a tool of oppression and um, we're we're trying to do our best. Yeah, and that's a whole another conversation that we could have at some point. But yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, it was beautiful, and Thank you. I'm so happy for you both. And it was, um, yeah, it was a really lovely day. You looked great. You were in that mustard yellow dress. Yeah. You were yellow. looking very fly. Oh, thanks. As were you in your custom suit. Thank but- you. Yeah, I, you know, I'm. I was just thinking about, um, and we chatted a little bit about this before we started recording. When we started this podcast two and a half years ago, we were just going into quarantine, and um, we had just had our little writing retreat. Um, and I was like, "Let's start a podcast," and you were like, "No, okay." <laughs> and, I was like, "That's a horrible idea." What? When do you want to start? <laughs> right, exactly. And and now, um, now that the world is opening back up, you know, different invitations are coming my way and I'm having to really negotiate my time. And, you know, I said to this, I said this to you yesterday in text, I'm trying to reclaim time for me to do the projects that I am passionate about, which this is one of them. Because I think we need to practice more conversations in the world. Right. And I think this is, this is a conversation that I think is not only a teaching tool for people, but I think people are learning how to have the right kinds of conversations through our podcast. And so, you know, I said to you yesterday, I'm trying to reclaim time for myself. Yes, let's record tomorrow, meaning today. 
and um I, you know i just this sort of return to normal is very scary to me because normal was not okay when when we were in it in the before times and so I'm really curious how we can continue to carve out time for this important conversation. We're getting a lot of requests for people to be on the show and that feels new to me. Yeah. And I'm not sure how to navigate that. I'm not sure how to, um, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. And like, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but, um, it feels scary that people are noticing us. You know, I'm like, can we just talk to 10 people and, and, and not, not to millions, you know, that, I don't know. It just, it feels nerve wracking. Like if I don't know people are listening, I'm fine. But now that we're getting requests for people to come on the show, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to act. Yeah. And I'm a seven on the Enneagram and a radical extrovert. So it doesn't scare me at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I, I would love to talk to anybody new and anybody exciting. Um, but I understand, I, 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 knowing you as well as I know you, I understand yeah. why that is a, 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 a response for you. That's, yeah. um, it makes complete sense. Yeah. And also, I think our folks would be very bored if we only talk to the same 10 people all the time. Well, that's true. Yeah. But don't tell me that because I like, I don't know, I I pretend like I'm very boring. You're not very boring, though. Well, we both had time away. You need people like us, me to pull you out of your, your, your yes. state of boredom. Yes. That's what you need. So we both yes. had time away. We did. Which yes. was really great for both of us, I think. I, uh -huh. I wish that we were together away. <laughs> I know. I wish we were, too. <laughs> because both of our locations... I would have chosen in either location. Like Yeah, me too. I, I'm I don't I'm not picky. Like me your too. location or my location is fine. I would have and now I would have chosen either location, but I would have chosen without question your setup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you went on a vacation with your beloved. Yeah. And you had time just you and she. Um, and I went on a vacation with eight other family members Yeah, and I did not have time for right. just me or just myself and my beloved. Right. Now we carved out a little bit of time, um, in that, in that, you know, group of days that we were apart or that we were, you know, on vacation, but it, it was, the dynamic was definitely one that I noticed, um, in a much more robust way than I ever have noticed kind of big gathering vacations yeah. um, in my past. And some of that is due to um, age and, and, you know, what, what the aging process does to those we love and how we care for them and, and are in relationship with them as they age. Uh, some of it has to do with uh, being much more cognizant of, difference mm -hmm. and navigating my continued desire to be in community with people that I am related to and mm -hmm. also be truthful to myself in both where I stand in the world and how I feel about things right and and how I name that right. um, uh, and so I you know I think at it's, it was a blend for me. I, because of what I think is 
some growth that I have had over the last several years, those things were much more mindful mm. for me than uh, than they may have been in the past when I went mm-hmm. on a family vacation. Um, but yes, I mean, we both had we both had good times away and needed that time for rest and recuperation. And I will say, I I am I, I work. Um, I work too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I also um, often feel a sense of urgency, even when others don't feel a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I have been on vacation. And, and my 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 spouse named this too. He thinks it's probably been 21, 22 years where I didn't open my laptop once. Oh, wow. In 10 days. I took it with me. I did some work uh, at the airport before we departed Mm -hmm. because I had some last minute things that I hadn't gotten to. And I didn't open my computer back up again until the evening that we got home Mm. from vacation. And that has just never been a a practice for me. Mm -hmm. And so... I like I felt very proud of myself. You know, I um I was told that I couldn't bring my computer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um I didn't take my computer and um put messages up on social media saying I'm taking a a week off and um I mean, I took a lot of pictures. But I, I, I didn't miss it. You know, I didn't. Um, it was nice to not be tethered to a machine. Yeah, it was. Um, it was odd for me, and also nice. So, yeah. Um, now, I mean, I, you know, I had my phone. I, you know, I, I looked at my emails, like scanned through the emails that I received and didn't open any of them, but only opened the handful that felt kind of time specific while I was gone. But I mean, responded to very few of them and really did not work on any projects, which was a, a, a big accomplishment for me. Okay, how was the helicopter trip? Because we FaceTime the night before y'all were leaving, and you're like, listen, I'm going on a helicopter trip. If I don't see you, I love you. And I was like, fuck, that is not the way to say goodbye to me. (laughs) I mean, I'm a realist. Like, helicopters, I mean, like, helicopters are less dependable than aircraft. And so, like, I just wanted to be realistic. I wanted to tell the people that I love that I love them just in case. Right. Um, it, it was actually amazing. Uh, it was, uh, really lovely. Our, our, we went on a helicopter ride, um, around the island that I was staying on and our helicopter pilot was, um, Afrikaans. He was, um, from Nigeria, um, having grown up in, um, South Africa. And so I kind of knew his, accent right away and mm-hmm. and could identify um you know some of what i perceived about him and so we had a really beautiful conversation about africa and his his uh, ancestors and and how he found his way to um you know being a pilot and and using his gift for storytelling to 
tell those stories as he piloted people around mm-hmm. around the island. And it was it was actually really very lovely. Um, we did a tour with the doors off the helicopter. Oh, wow. And so it was like we had to, there were all of these rules. And those of you that have been on helicopter rides know this. I mean, you know, you can't, you have, like all of your hair has to be kind of strapped back. Um, you can't wear like any clothing that's super loose and billowy that will like catch the wind and like, knock against you, you um, have to put your phone on a strap that literally like bungees to your arm or to your wrist so that like, like we used to tie balloons around our wrist when we were a kid. So it didn't take off. Like we, we all had to strap our phones in and um, there, you know, no, no like jewelry that could potentially blow off or because like it is what it is. Once it's gone, it's gone. Right. Right. And so, it was, um, it was a little, I mean, it was exciting for me. I love the, I love that like adrenaline yeah. seeking like response that comes from activities like that. And so it was really beautiful to see what I saw and also really gorgeous um, to just be up there with, you know, one of my nieces and one of my nephews and experiencing this with them. And yeah, yeah it was a great, it was a great trip. Yeah. I didn't do anything like that. I, I walked four miles one day at Tulum <clears throat> to see the ruins, and um, it was very hot. That was the that was the most exhilarating experience <laughs> yeah. that I had when I was away. Yeah. So we got rest. We got time away, and we did. Um, did you have good food where you were? <laughs> I did. Um, I, I mean, I, I did. I was able to cook a lot. Um, oh. We we stayed uh, for the first two-thirds of our trip, we stayed in a house. And so um, I did a lot of the cooking and um, was able to, you know, use some of my recipes that you love on yeah. my family members. And so that was fun. And then um, once we got to our second destination, we ate out most of the time. But yes, a lot of really cool, like little hole in the wall, like side street uh, restaurants. And um, I ate enough poke to um, last me for a while. And yet I'm still craving it. Like, it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We also had good food. Luckily our setup was the food was just right there and we didn't have to right. go uh, very far. Um, we just had to make a reservation. They did like crowd control and whatnot. Sure. Good food. Um, there were five different restaurants where we were staying and lots of variety. Did you eat at all of them? Ate at all of them. And, um, and, and, you know, they do a lot. They ha- they even have a plant based restaurant, and so th- there there was a lot of um, emphasis on you know they wanted to make sure what your allerg they knew that your allergies, um, and they really catered to everyone vegan, vegetarian, gluten free. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. You deserve it. I did have surf and turf at the pool one day in our cabana. And that was good. First world problems, friends. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> surf and turf at the pool in the cabana. Yeah. You know, yeah. It is, it, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you what, we, we arrived on a Wednesday and it took me until Sunday to really downshift mm, and, yeah. and relax. Yeah. And I don't know if you had that. I did. I did. I mean, my, I was six hours off from it from my time zone. So yeah. that was one of the factors, but yeah, for sure. I was, I was definitely cognizant of the, um, like the, in, like the intentional rest that my body started to like sink into mm. and was trying to really listen to what, you know, my body was telling me. And, and I, I had also been having some pretty serious anxiety issues before I left. Yeah. Um, just trying to get ready. And I, I had some pretty significant pressure on me to get some big projects done before I departed. And so I, that was what was most on my mind was kind of listening to the, the way that my body tells me that I'm anxious or, Mm -hmm. you know, in potential panic attack mode. Mm -hmm. And I, I found that all of that did leave me, um, at least from a heightened sense of, you know, feeling, feeling in trouble, um, as soon as we, you know, kind of got in the air, but I did no, I didn't notice kind of the, it, the real, like, weightlessness feel mm-hmm. that comes with a lack of anxiety for a few days. It was definitely a few days in before I, I got there. Yeah. And I, I feel curious, this is true for me, that not only did it take me several days to downshift and relax, but my mind was still very much like, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, da, da, da. And, and I didn't realize how tired I was from the mind chatter telling me right. I have to do things. And then also just the bodily fatigue that I right. had. And the, and the uh, frenetic nature of us attempting to connect on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I was really intentional about kind of popping on once a day, uploaded some pictures, you know, let, let my friends know what it was I had done and what I'd seen. But I, I definitely noticed a difference in the way that I felt like inside my chest once I got home and like felt like I was back on Twitter again and back on, um, you know, TikTok again and and watching what's happening in the world. And it's, um, it, it speaks to, obviously it speaks to our need for rest and our need for like, not just, not just daily rest. I mean, you, our fans know you take a siesta every day. You, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a very intentional practice that Mm -hmm. you have. Um, I do not, but it's not, it's not because I wouldn't want to. I just simply, my body doesn't demand that of me. And, and I don't find that I find that I'm more anxious if I try to Mm -hmm. rest in the middle of the day than I am. If I, you know, just kind of go to bed at a decent hour and allow myself to wake up when I wake up. Mm -hmm. But this, this pace, this, this kind of way of being that we have adopted is, 
is and has always been problematic and is mm-hmm. driven by, you know, the the culture of supremacy here in the States. I mean, our, our friends in Europe, for the most part, take months off mm-hmm. in the summertime. Um, they their bodies are intentionally put in relaxation mode so that they have the capacity to then, you know, work for the other eight to nine months throughout the year. Um, And they, and they covet their, their weekend time or their days off time, whatever that may be. Um, We have, you know, we, we shifted that system when we colonized Mm -hmm this this land and i mean we are as we are as conscripted to a workload and an expectation as uh, more so than anyone else in mm-hmm. in in the world is mm-hmm. um and that's a problem yeah yeah yeah, so I'm I'm thinking a lot about I know that we took a lot of time off on the podcast. Um and I think that a lot of people don't realize how demanding it is to record once a week to research the topic and whatnot. And I am finding as the world is opening up, as we're learning how to navigate maybe a pandemic that is bordering on endemic um how do we balance everything um i know that i'm certainly getting to a place where i don't want to say yes to everything i want in fact i um started spiritual direction for the first time in my life uh right before i left on my week away uh because I want my yes to be a sacred yes, and I want my no to be e- equally as sacred instead of always saying yes to something when I actually don't have the bandwidth or capacity. And feeling as if we are stuck saying yes to things simply because they enable us to survive. Right, right. Um, it's a, you know, we've created that cyclical need for survival based on our ability to, you know, to, to pay our rent and to pay for food and to keep the lights turned on and to keep our cell phones turned on. And unfortunately, many of our yeses tend to be in response to the need Mm -hmm. that we have to survive versus in response to our desire and our capacity to actually right. engage in whatever project it is we've said yes to. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm, I'm thinking a lot about capacity. How do we, and we've talked a lot about this offline, just how do we, how do we have the capacity and bandwidth to do the work that we feel called to do? And so I'm really trying to hone in on how do I do that? How do I make this sustainable? Um, I love the podcast. I love the time that we get to sort of think out loud. We know that it reaches people. I mean, people said, I've upped my podcast donation. Will you please start recording? You know, so I'm like (laughs) super grateful that people are invested. And I, I, I know that, I know that there's not a lot of 
conversations like the like the one that we are having, which really tries to curtail um, a kind of politics that doesn't point toward liberation while also holding the complexity and the nuance that it takes a diversity of tactics. Um, so I'm, I am trying to discern and figure out how do we continue to do this work and how do we not get in a, a rut of, um, you know, every Tuesday, you know, where we have to record because it's the cultural expectation, you know, like how do we give ourselves spaciousness and, and how do we create work that feels spacious and, 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 and does the thing that it is designed to do, which is promote liberation and equity for all. Yeah, it's a it's a challenging conversation. I know since we were last on, uh, since we last recorded together, I went to the Wild Goose Festival. Yeah, which um, is something that our listeners know. You know, both of us have done um, several slash many times over the last um, seven, eight, nine years, and I heard from a number of folks who were curious as to you know, when we were coming back, what our schedule was going to be this fall. And I, 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 I love that there are humans who are in community with us over the podcast waves, even though we may not know them by name, Mm -hmm. um, or, um, know that they are, um, as committed to this work as we are. Yeah. And also, um, I didn't, I I felt um, not uncomfortable, but I I, I didn't know how to respond in some instances when when people probed as to, you know, um, what we're up to, what we're doing, where we've been, what's going on, um, are you coming back, are you finished, are you, you know, and, and I... And I don't, and I didn't feel as if I owed anyone an answer, Mm -hmm. but I also understand as a consumer of content, not just as a producer of content, but as a consumer of content, how excited I get when a a show that I've been waiting for drops a new season Mm -hmm. on Netflix or how excited I get when I see that one of the podcasts that I really enjoy listening to has dropped a new episode Yeah, either when I expect it to be dropped or in some other surprise time. Yeah. And so I, I, I understand the, the curiosity from both sides of the coin. Yeah. I also know me, you know, there are two of us. So if you know anything about Dr. Robin and I, you know how much we love each other, but also how completely different we are when it comes to um, both how we uh, uh, want our daily schedule, how we, what capacity we have, how we, what we say yes to and what we say no to. And I think that in, in doing this podcast, there's also a, a reminder to us first and foremost, that there are two of us. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we are not, we are not just in this conversation um, as single entities. We are in this conversation as um, a team mm-hmm. unit, as a, as a, as a small community that's mm-hmm. being very intentional about this. And sometimes that means that um, you record at times that you may not want to, or at times right. you're tired. And at times that means I record at times of day that aren't as exciting for me or that yeah. I prefer to be doing other things. Or at times we just don't record at all because yeah. that's what the, the schedule demands of us. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just important that we, that we name those things because there's, there's not just the dynamic between us and our, our listeners, there is the dynamic and, and the, and the community and the relationship between the two of us. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we, we are navigating that too. Yeah. And I know for me, you know, after my book came out, um, oh, well, around the same time that my book came out, I was targeted by, um, these white Christo-fascist evangelicals. And then after Roe v. Wade, happen a similar thing happened and so I was very conscious about what I was doing and what content I was putting out because you know when when I when I sensed a call to the vocation of theologian not one time did I think that it would cost me my life or that I would receive death threats and so I think you know, I know that we've been away for several weeks and a, a lot of that time has been me discerning what what do I want to put out and how do we put out the kind of content that is going to suture the wounds and that is going to create conditions for ethical futures. Um, yeah. I'm glad you named that. Thank yeah, you. I mean, and, and so I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety as a result of of the targeted harassment. I didn't sleep for two weeks, for example. And w- and I know that one of the times that we were going to record, like I hadn't slept the night before. And I just said to you, I, I didn't sleep. Like, you know, there's no way that I'm any good, you know? And so there's, I, I guess I just say that to say there is a lot happening behind the scenes. It's not just that we don't want to produce the podcast. Right. It's right. that life is really untenable for many of us right now. And, you know, the closer we get to 2024 in those elections and that election cycle, oh my God. The, the scarier it is for me. And so there's a lot happening. I love this podcast. I, I, I want us to do good things in, in season three, which seems a bit truncated, but it will be what it will be. Um, and you know, I'm, I started on July 25th, which we celebrate half Christmas and we wear Christmas shirts and we put on Christmas music. Um, because your spouse is the Christmas elf. Yes. Yes. And as a supportive spouse, I participate. Um, so from July 25th to December 25th, I'm, just in a process of discernment of, okay, how do we build this work? How do we do this well? And I'm trying to, so a part of that is starting spiritual direction and really, you know, like doing this work as a spiritual practice and, 
And, it, you know, it's never been about being on a stage or having a microphone, but it is about stewarding justice. How do we, how do we live this in a way w- which we're, which we're a practice of stewardship? So I'm spending a lot of time deep in discernment on thinking about how do I recover the time to build the content? Um, how do we do it best? How do we launch our app? You know, how do, how do we do these things? And I've noticed that the more time that I can recover for myself, the greater capacity I have to think. And by July, I was so overwhelmed with everything that I had no capacity to think. And I don't know if other people are like that, but I know that when I, when I am maxed out, there's no imaginative possibilities for me. And so for me to be able to live out this vocational life, I need that spaciousness. Right. It's interesting that you say that. I, I will tell you, we, so um, for those of you that listen to the podcast, and if you're listening to this episode, you heard our little jingle at the beginning of our episode. We are a, a member and a partner in the Irreverent Media Group, which is a group of podcasters and podcasts that um, really kind of do a lot of diverse conversations around X and post-evangelical, deconstruction, rediscovery, anti-racist, like uh, uh, all of the things that kind of um, encircle um, the work that that Robin and I do. And then have convers- they, those other podcasts have conversations that we don't touch. And we had a gathering last night. Um, we try to get together, all of us, on a Zoom call to just catch up and see what's going on with everyone. Yeah. And every single person in this, on this call, there were 12 or 12 or 13 of us kind of told the story of how the last few months have been beyond brutal. Yeah. Whether that is related to family issues or relationship issues or podcast and, um, you know, issues of, of doxing and being overwhelmed and uh, taking a few weeks to regroup and just needing some time off. And I mean, all the things. There was not a single podcast in our group that didn't take at least a few weeks over the last quarter yeah. and say, oh my, like, I, I, I just, I, we just need to rest. We, like, we just need to like yeah. rest and just rest. Like we'll get back at it. We we may get back at it. We're we're pretty sure we're going to get back at it. Hi, Ruthie. But we need to rest. Yeah. And so it it not that I need anyone else to make me not feel like I'm crazy, but it it was a reminder to me that not only are we in this together with a group of other humans who um, understand and are experiencing the same kinds of things that we are, but also we are, the the world is hard right now. Yeah. It is. and, and, And if you aren't experiencing any kind of difficulty or hardness, I am so happy for you. I, I, I love that you are in a space where everything feels as if it is 
Um, it has recovered. It is blossoming. It is rejuvenated. And you, you are feeling like a, the best version of yourself that you could. I, I love that for you. I also think that I know more people who don't feel that right now mm-hmm. than I have in a really long time. Yeah. And as you said, you know, we started this podcast right before the pandemic hit. Our first episode was the second week of January. And within eight weeks, we were locked down. Yeah. We didn't, it was very easy for us to carve out an hour. Yeah to record or an hour and a half. And, and, and it was easy for us to find other voices that mm-hmm. wanted to record and, and be in conversation with us because they were also kind of tethered to their cameras and their computers yeah. and, you know, wondering what the next year would hold for them. We have not come out of the pandemic But we have, it feels to me, instead of moving out of the pandemic, we have folded pandemic life and anxiety on top of pre-pandemic life and anxiety. And we are trying to ride both horses at the same time. And like, I physically can't stretch my legs that far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, it just, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's not possible. And, um, I mean, all that to say that, you know, um, I'm with you that the conversations that we have here are some of the most life-giving conversations that I experience in my, in my week. And I value them so much, even the ones that, you know, make us roll our eyes or wonder why in the heck we, spent that hour doing that labor. Yeah. Um, but we, our, our, our well-being, your well-being and my well-being is first and foremost mm-hmm. yeah. important. And um, we're trying to be mindful of that. And we yeah. um, just really, really wanted to be honest with all of our listeners about kind of how we're feeling and what's going on and what we feel like we're up against and, um, and that's, that's, that's just the reality. Yeah. 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 And I'm, and I'm, I'm even noticing like our friend Matthias Roberts, you know, he doesn't record every week. He records like twice a month, you know, and I'm really thinking about, okay, how do we make this sustainable? Like, how do we have the right kinds of conversations and do it in a way that is sustainable for everyone uh, financially, you know, economically sustainable because we pay someone to produce this podcast. And then also capacity wise for us, because we are carving out at least 90 minutes of our time each time we record. And so I, I'm just thinking a lot and discerning and, and trying to, you know, really ask myself, how, how do we survive the end of empire? Yeah. And I think, you know, for our listeners, please know that we, like, we, we hear you when you tell us you want more of us. Um, We are not, um, our ears aren't closed to that message. And also, in addition to listening to you, we're listening to each other and we're listening to ourselves. And, 
um, you know, it's a three-way conversation. And so just know that we're, we're trying to be really intentional about this. We're trying to be very conscientious about both what we have the capacity for and, um, and, you know, what we feel the podcast mm-hmm. deserves and, and, and warrants as far as the level and robustness of conversation that it commands. Um, and so just, just be with us in this, in this discerning process, be with us in this navigating. Um, we, we are, we are working on it. We promise you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And here we are, uh, another episode in. And it's the middle of August and I feel like the whole year, tomorrow is going to be Christmas. Yeah. It's the, the world continues to turn. Um, that was a soap opera that my mom used to watch when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. My grandma watched that too. Right. You know, the world is, I, I, I didn't think the world could get more on fire than it had been. And yet we are, you know, in the midst of uh, January 6th investigation, we are watching the former president be investigated in two states in addition to that, both New York and Georgia. Um, We have issues and, and humans being discussed at the Supreme Court in ways that I don't think any of us expected to, to see um, in, in our lifetime, um, we have continued challenges with our borders mm-hmm. and how we are treating those who are seeking asylum and are attempting to migrate here to the U.S. Um, our economy is teetering and also, you know, the the Senate and the House passed the most aggressive global climate change action that we've seen in the history of this country. Is it enough? No. But sometimes, you know, three steps forward is better than no steps forward. Right. And so, I mean, and that's just what's happening in our political arena. Yeah. <laughs> in our social and 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 faith and ethical and local community arenas, um, things are as much of a mess. Mm -hmm. And so we recognize the need to get our hands dirty in all of that work. We recognize that you all want to find ways to do the same. And so um, our, my commitment to you all is that we are working on how best to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you that it'll, it'll like look like what you have known to be the activist theology podcast in the past. It may, um, it may look a little different, mm-hmm. um, but just know that that my commitment is that we are working on it, um, and um, I, I think that's your commitment too. I'm not going to name your commitments for for you, but I, you know, I think that that's that's where we both are. Yeah, I mean, like I'm curious about should. Should we have longer episodes and less frequency? And and I don't know the answer to that because I feel like sixty. You know, I feel like we we really get going when we're about twenty minutes in, and 
And I and I wonder if our episodes should be a little longer so that we're not rushed to finish in 60 minutes. Um, so that's like something I'm thinking about. And, and I'm also thinking about, you know, the midterms are coming up. What should we focus on when I don't mess with electoral politics? Because right. it's not a system that I'm invested in. Right. But it's a system we have, and I still vote. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking about a lot. Um, and my commitment to ethical futures is completely wrapped up in my vocational desires and my vocational call. So, I mean, I'm super committed to the podcast and I love creating with you. Um, And I'm just trying to figure out how do we do it, do it well and do it with the integrity that we started with. And it's not clear to me what that looks like. I mean, obviously, I think it means a weekend trip to Chattanooga with bourbon with you. Um, I mean, it always means that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, I, you know, and I, you know, now that the world is opening up, I, you know, I, I would like to do some live events. I would like to do some live podcast recordings. Um, and so I'm curious about that. And I don't know if folks have any interest in that, but maybe you can let us know um, if you do. Um, and then figuring out how do we how do we build the plane while we fly it? Right. And keep it in the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was good to hear your voice over the podcast waves today. Good to hear yours. Good to see you, too. Same. And friends, uh, just know that um, we are in this with you and we um, miss um, talking to you. Um, And we will uh, continue to do this work. And we know you'll continue to do this work as well. Um, We would remind you that if you haven't already, please do visit Activist Theology com and also atporch.com, activisttheology.com will tell you everything that's going on in the world of the organization and atporch.com will get you into our app where we are curating community in real time and touch base with us on the socials. Let us know how you're doing, what you'd like to see from us. Um, as we're discerning, your feedback um, is as important um, as our discernment in some ways. And so we would love to hear from you. What What is it that you would love to see from us? Yes. Um, and we'd love that feedback. Um, Dr. Robin, we will see each other again as soon as we can. As soon as we can. And here's the ethical futures. We want to thank you for listening this week. We encourage you to share this podcast with your community. If you enjoy us and our work in the world, please give us five stars on your podcast platform. Want to help support this podcast? Go to activisttheology.com and click on podcast. We can only do this work with the help of you, our listeners. You have no idea how much even a small monthly or one-time gift means to this work. The music you hear in this episode is Hands Dirty by Delta Ray. Our sound editor is Dan Medley from 10 South Sounds. I get my hands dirty. I show up so early. They show me no mercy. So I just keep working. Maybe God.
You are listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our friends.